and welcome back to Survivor Hot Takes, or as the, the thing now says, Reality Hot Takes, because in a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about Big Brother uh, leading up to the premiere of the next season. As always, it's me, Coach Drew. Today I am a.k.a. former Central Michigan University quarterback, Gary Hogaboom, a.k.a. Gary Hawkins. Uh, we are talking about Danny Boatwright and Guatemala. I'm joined today by Carly, another one of my friends from the very large online Survivor Org community, Survivor Big Brother Org community. Uh, Carly, I appreciate you coming out. Couple questions. One, yeah. uh, favorite Survivor season. Two, favorite Survivor player. And three, Survivor hot take. Favorite season, um, kind of controversial might be a hot take in and of itself, but it is one world, but merge on. <laughs> we okay. pretend pre-merge exists and merge Col on. Colton doesn't exist. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Remove Colton and one world. <laughs> okay. Because seeing Kim dominate was just like so fun for me to watch. Kim is probably my favorite player ever. That's fair. Uh, and so is that your hot, so favorite player is Kim. Oh. Uh, oh. Oh, I have a hot take as well. Oh, I have a okay. million hot takes, but um, you're familiar with this hot take. Uh, my survivor hot take that seems to make a lot of people mad is that I think Sarah is probably one of the best winners and players in general to have ever played Survivor. I think she's one of the most well-rounded all-around players. Yeah, yeah I, do I think she's the most likable human? No, but she makes a lot of people like her when she plays, so yes, she, that's yes, what's important. Does. I so in my in my top rankings, I think I have Sarah in my top ten just because I put I I love the social aspect of the game. I respect the social game, and you know, for everyone that's been watching this part of the the show, the series, I put a lot of I've got on many rants about how I respect the social game and how I think that Michelle and Giuseppe and all these people are good at the social game. I think that Sarah perfected it because she also dominated with it. Like with Michelle and Giuseppe and all, they weren't looked at as dominant players. Sarah was dominant while also being social. Mm -hmm. um, as far as like people didn't look at her as being dragged. People looked at, right. sat, you know, what they're wrong, but people looked at Michelle and Giuseppe and uh, Sophie as being dragged, but Sarah sat there and everyone, you know, hated her because she took advantage of the social bonds that, that she, she made with these people. And I, so I do agree with you on that. I, I do enjoy Sarah, the player, and I do think that she is one of the all-time um, greats as far as that aspect is concerned. But today we're talking about Danny Boatwright, winner of Survivor Guatemala, uh, the lost season of Survivor. Um... So I just want to ask you, when you first watched the season, what were your initial thoughts on Danny? And who did you think was going to win slash who were you rooting for uh, the first time you watched? So the first time I watched, um, it was suggested by a friend of mine to watch that season because they didn't tell me who the winner was, but they thought I would like the winner. Um, just knowing the style of gameplay that I enjoy. So 
I actually thought that Guatemala was difficult to get through in the beginning, but that was mainly because Judd really bothered me um, and some of the men that season really bothered me. But um, I liked Danny, but Danny gets the edit that we all know Danny is having where she's very under the radar. Um, even the finale, she even says she's so under the radar that she beat the radar, which is like according to rumors on purpose. Um, so I liked her, but I don't think I really started to like her until, you know, you see the whole underdog thing where she comes in to merge. Clearly um, the numbers are not in her favor and she survives to the end. So I feel like as that started to happen, that's when I started to really like, like Danny and root for Danny. I didn't think she was going to win though, just based on screen time. Um, and based on screen time, I thought like Stephanie actually had a shot at winning. Um, or someone like Rafe, I could have seen winning. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, I, and I agree with that. So my, my winner pick was Cindy. Um, I also wasn't the biggest fan of Judd and Jamie. Uh, I'm assuming those are the men that you were talking about. Uh, I also wasn't the biggest fan of Judd and Jamie uh, on my initial watch. Every time I've watched after that, once you get past... A lot of the things that they say, they are funny characters as far as, like, I can't wait to watch their downfall type thing. Yeah, um, they're interesting. I think that even going into Final Three, I thought for sure Rafe was going to beat Danny or Stephanie if he sat at the final with them because I didn't I didn't see Stephanie winning the game at that because this is still old school Survivor where people don't put as much stock into, uh, oh, yeah, strat like this was the, the greatest strategic game that's ever happened or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that people would have put more stock into who they liked more. And I feel like if Rafe was sitting at the end with either one of them, he probably would have won. But when Rafe gets eliminated at Final Three, I thought it was guaranteed that Danny was going to win. I didn't think that she would win the way that she did, six to one. But uh, I would have been surprised if Stephanie had won because she was basic. You can make a case for Judd and Jamie. But if you're talking about the villain of the season that actually, like, yeah. was doing things in the game, it was Stephanie. For sure. Which is great because in Heroes versus Villains, they kind of skate over the fact that Stephanie was the villain in Guatemala because Guatemala doesn't exist. And we'll talk about that as the episode uh, goes on. So, Danny wins. How do you feel? I was happy. I liked Danny as a winner. Danny is Danny's game, winning game, is one of my favorite games, if not one of my favorite wins that I've watched. Okay. And how did she? How did she do it? From where? From where we're sitting? How did you? How do you think that she was able to pull off this win? Like you said, they came into the merge. Um, with a very big disadvantage, and right. she was able to survive. Um, and, you know, especially after Gary left, when she was the only one left. How did you? What did she do right to get to that final two? Yeah, so I think Danny had a just a great understanding of tribe dynamics and how to use them to her advantage. That wasn't she didn't take the clear route, so. Uh, Bobby John, before he left, he went to, uh, like, Judd and Jamie. It was like, Stephanie's running the tribe. Stephanie's on top. 
and like they hurt him, but they didn't care. It didn't matter to them. And I think like that is the clear and easy route to take to be like, oh, like she's in charge. You should target her. But that was never going to happen with this group. They were so loyal to Stephanie that they were never going to turn their backs on her. So Danny did the next best thing and got close to Stephanie. Yeah, just align with the leader. Yes. <laughs> if you can't beat the leader, join the leader. And mm -hmm. that's what she did. She got in closer to Stephanie than Stephanie's own minions were close to her. So yeah. at and that her point, right hand man Rafe. Right. Like, exactly. She got in with the people in the uh, at the top, and they just picked off everyone at the bottom. And she and uh. Although Danny didn't talk a ton of strategy in her confessionals, that is something she said in her confessionals before Gary left. She said she's going to try and play this whole outsiders thing with Gary and Lydia. But if that doesn't work, she's already looking at who's on top. And that's what she did. Gary left and she went to Rafe, which gave her an in with Stephanie. And then she was in with those two for the rest of the season. And that worked for her. Um, and not only did it work to further her along in the game, it worked to help her win the game because at that point she used her self like as a vote and as a number to help Stephanie backstab Stephanie's own Alliance members. So then yes. they leave pissed off at Stephanie, but not mad at Danny because Danny had no other choice. It was like, you are me for Danny in their eyes. Mm -hmm. But so like Stephanie got all of the blood on her hands and did like essentially all of the work it looks like but danny and, and, didn't and, and, yeah danny didn't have to and i and i think that's the thing with a lot of the older seasons is as long as and this is what we were talking about with the natalie white episode a couple weeks ago where it's natalie if if people want to shit on natalie cool whatever the one thing that she did right and she gave a confessional to it was i'm gonna Go with Russell, and best case scenario, I win. But like, every like, I know for a fact that Russell is rubbing people the wrong way right now, pre-merge. Mm -hmm. So if we make it to the merge and somehow we make it to the end, maybe I can do something with it. And it's the same thing with Danny, where okay, I'm gonna attach myself to this leader, Stephanie, and her boy, Rafe. And let them cut off Jamie, Lydia, Judd, Cindy, and sit at the end with her. And, you know, worst case scenario, I lose because the jury's full of her allies. Oh, well, I gave it a good shot. But best case scenario, I win because she's pissed them off and everyone understands where I'm coming from because I had to do what I had to do to get here. Right. Um, and so that leads me to my next question of... So far in the series, we've talked about how the internet has deemed people as unworthy. And, you know, there, there are people that think that Danny didn't deserve to win. Whatever. I feel like Survivor, the show, production, whatever, has done a pretty good job at burying both her and the season that she played on by one, not bringing her back for another time until Winners at War, but two, not bringing anyone back from the season period except for Stephanie, but they don't refer to Guatemala when she's the one here as villains. It's just, oh yeah, she was in Palau and she was by herself. Don't worry about Guatemala. So why do you think 
that is the case? Why do you think that she gets such a bad rap? For a person that we both agree is a pretty good to great social winner. Yeah, I think there's like a few things that play into it. Obviously, um, if you're a super fan of Survivor, you've probably heard the rumors about Danny saying she purposefully hid information from production in her confessionals because she noticed early on that they ask leading questions in your confessionals that help give away information about what other people are doing in the game, which I assume has to be true. I just can't imagine how they could ask you questions to fit the storyline of the show without there being some leading questions like thrown in there as well. And if you're smart enough to like deduct or like put pieces together, then information about your game is going to get out there through production. Like that's just what it is. I'm sure it happens every season. Um, I think the other reason is Stephanie came into the season as like America's sweetheart. They were really like bagging on like on Stephanie coming in and doing that again. She was good for rating. She was good for uh, a good face of the show. It was still early on in Survivor where like it was mainstream and popular enough where being popular in Survivor meant like you could be popular in other various forms of media, which like yes. breaks in ratings and things. So having their like their America's Angel suddenly be the villain of the very next season, like months later, not even a year later, is not a great look. So I think that was another reason that the season was probably like swept under the rug and forgot about. And like you said, not even mentioned that Stephanie was like a tremendous villain, the villain of the season this season. <laughs> and when she yeah. was a hero with this villain, she was just a hero as though her whole villain arc never existed. Like that's telling to me. Um, Survivor's not really the type of show where you would expect someone to retcon something, but they totally retconned Guatemala until Winners at War. And even then, and we'll get to that, where Danny gets there and they they did her they did her a bit dirty. Yeah, they did. But. And just like thinking about heroes versus villains, like at that point, Sandra wasn't really a villain, and they put her on the villain tribe. She became they a villain. Put Candace on the they put Candace on the heroes tribe. Yeah, right, like there was like a lot of confusion <laughs> happening. Um. <laughs> so okay, so. I guess the, the the even if we remove Danny from the equation, let's say let's say Stephanie wins this or Rafe, do you think that Guatemala is still swept under the rug, or do you think it's because Danny won that because the cast like it's a pretty solid cast, uh, not everyone it's not like everyone on the cast is memorable, but you do have certain pre-merge people like Brian. Um, you, you do have uh, <laughs> Margaret, who says that Judd has ADD, where that soundbite comes from. And then I could probably, it's not fair because it's me, but I could probably sit here and name everyone that went to the merge. But everyone there had something unique about them for they the most part. They characters. Yes. So do you think that because Danny won, that's the reason that we're supposed to forget about Guatemala? No, I don't think it's because Danny won. I think it's because Stephanie lost. I think Stephanie's villain arc is forgiven if she won. If that makes sense. People okay. are willing to overlook you being a villain if it was all worth it at the end. And it wasn't worth it for Stephanie at the end. 
Okay, so, and I, I and I would say that I agree with you, but as soon as you've said that, Samoa popped into my head, and it was very obvious that production was in love with Russell during that season. Mm-hmm. But we we don't like people still know about Samoa. You have to be like you have to be a fan to know Guatemala happened. Yeah, and Russell was in the same in the same boat as Stephanie where. They were the main character of the show, and they lost. And it was the show was basically um, the season was basically built around why Russell lost instead of why Natalie won. I feel like Guatemala is the same way, where it's why, why Stephanie lost and why da- uh, instead of why Danny won. Mm-hmm. So, do you think it's a potentially? Uh, I know people don't like when this is brought up, but whatever. Screw you guys. Um, do you think it? In those two situations, it's a gender thing. Um, I think it could have something to do with it, but I also just think that like Russell is a more is a unapologetic villain. Stephanie isn't like a hey, I'm the villain villain. So like that's not as like entertaining in that way. Um, yeah, because she probably thought that she was still going to be part. Um. And I all, but the part of it that does have to do with Danny more is that the hiding confessionals thing. So that we didn't see as much of her game throughout the season. It had to be about how Stephanie lost almost more so than how Danny won. Yeah. Um, because she didn't give us game information in her confessionals or at tribals, really. Okay. So that's part of it as well. Like you couldn't create a story about how Danny won because she didn't give production much to work with about how she won. So it had to be in a how Stephanie lost. And I don't think that was the story they really wanted to tell. It was like the story that they were left with. That's fair. That's, and and I, I would say that I agree with that. So merge comes. We're, we're picking them off. We're, you know, Bobby John goes. You know, all these people are going. Brandon goes. We get to Gary finding the the super idol, the first version of the idol uh, that is not on the ground, like Judd says, it is in fact in a tree, and he plays it and survives another round uh, and goes at final seven, I believe. So yeah, Gary, Bobby John went out the round that Gary played the idol. Okay, so. Gary leaves next, and then we end up at final James six. James left next. J- oh, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> blindside, nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get to final six, mm-hmm. and I think this is when, if you weren't paying attention to Danny up to this point, this is kind of where Danny becomes we should be paying attention to this person. I know, like, obviously, every other time I've watched the season since then, I've paid a lot more attention to Danny because I know she wins. But I'll be honest, up until, like, I knew who she was because she was the one that called out Gary for being a football player and all that. Mm-hmm. But until the auction, basically, Danny was just a person that, yeah, she, she you know, she, she, um, she knows a lot of sports and, she had that first confessional in the first episode where uh, men are stronger or, or whatever. Because <laughs> she was she wanted Bobby John on her tribe because men are stronger and blah blah blah, which was you know very dated. Um, 
but you start really paying attention to her at the uh, the auction. Mm-hmm. What happens between six and one that allows her? And, and if you want to go seven to one, that's fine too. But seven to one or six to one, what happens that has her sitting at the end against the leader of the big alliance on the season and pulling out this win? Yeah. So I think it starts at seven when her, Gary, Judd, and Stephanie win the reward challenge and go on that reward together, the four of them. Um, And I think that's like, Danny had already started to bond with Rafe a little bit, but then she really bonds with Stephanie there, um, which is what I think helps her moving forward some too is like she has created this bond with stephanie um they're like similar they're like the two like young athletic women that i just think that they got along and survivor is about relationships and like personal connection and she was able to create those personal connections with pretty much everyone but everyone being able to do it with stephanie was important um so she wins that they still take out gary even though they don't really want to, it's just like what has to happen now for their game. Um, but because Stephanie, Stephanie approves of Danny at this point, like on a personal level, it helps Danny maneuver in the game more than she would have because Stephanie did have like a vice grip control over that tribe and Stephanie having like approval of Danny on a social level allowed Danny to like snake in to those bonds for creating more game bonds. Um, so you see at the auction then, Danny is able to win the advantage. She buys the advantage, but not only that, she splits money with Rafe throughout the whole auction and nobody is faced by that, which I found like super odd watching as a fan. Cause like at that point they were all like, yeah, Danny's still next. Even though we like her, she's still next. So that's the case. Like, why is somebody in my alliance helping her win food which is like energy and so important in survivor and then with her extra money she's winning this advantage for the next immunity challenge like it was interesting to me that nobody was bothered by the fact that they were splitting money during that um nobody called it out like other people were splitting it but danny was the clear outsider so the fact that it was never an issue was very interesting to me um from there, the advantage works. It was worth the money. She wins final six, which is the the first immunity she really, really needed. Yes. Uh, nobody else from Yasha left to take the fall if she didn't win. Um, so she survives final six. Um, and that's where Judd goes home, Judd. right? Yes. Judd goes home. Survives final six. Um, final five. Scumbags. <laughs> I hope you all get eaten by crocodiles. <laughs> Scumbags. <laughs> <laughs> so then she, so then you would think, oh yeah, Danny's going to go in final five. Like, because at that point, why wouldn't they take Cindy and Lydia? Yeah. Because they yeah, all, it, because it's Cindy and Lydia. Them. Right. They all backstabbed the same people. Like those four did together at that point. Yeah. And at that point, you also have Bobby John and Gary sitting on jury who I would just have to assume would want to vote for Danny to win because she's their last 
like Yasha underdog surviving. And if she Absolutely. gets to the end, that's a hell of a story. And then they get to feel like they're part of that story because they were also in her shoes. So I feel like you would just assume that they were going to be votes for her. So why would you not cut her at five? Instead, uh, Cindy keeps the car and um, it's brought up by, I'm, I think, Cindy. Like, <laughs> Cindy, why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? You're my winner pick. Right, and Danny definitely exploits that as well, being like, she could have given you guys cars, and she didn't. She kept it for herself. So then you see Cindy go. So at final four, it's a no-brainer to me. You have to cut Stephanie, Rafe, or Danny, because you want Lydia in final three. And then they cut Lydia, because Rafe was not willing to cut Danny at that point. Stephanie would have cut Danny, I believe, if Rafe would have been on board, but he wasn't. So at that point, you cut Lydia, who was like the person you should want to sit against at the end. I don't know anyone in their right mind who wouldn't have wanted that. Um, and you're left with the final three of Stephanie, Rafe, and Danny. Danny wins final three immunity. Um, Rafe backs out of his promise, tells her, even though she promise to keep him to final two she doesn't have to anymore because stephanie cried and he felt bad um danny's like all right cool bye <laughs> right See you later danny makes the smartest decision of probably the reason she won is making that decision and putting herself winning and getting in that position to win because i do think rafe probably could have beaten danny at the end i do too um she cut rafe and win six to one rafe votes for stephanie everyone else votes for danny it makes sense <laughs> Yeah, and so just to, uh, to go back to certain things that you, that you were you were saying, one, and this is kind of a tangent, but we're at season eleven right now. There are a couple of examples of the most prime being in uh, Pearl Islands, where Fair Play is sitting there saying, "If Lydia gets to the or not Lydia." <laughs> If Lil gets to the end, everyone's going to vote for Lil because she's a crier and blah, blah, blah. And, like, there's this misconception that if you let the little old lady get to the end, they're going to win. And I don't think that beside, like, besides Survivor uh, Australia and Outback, in which case Tina was still playing, the, like, Tina was playing the game. So I don't even think that it was because she was a little old lady that she won because she was only 40. But there's this misconception that if you let Lydia or Lil or any of these people get to the end that they're going to win, I think that's why they took her out when they did because there, there was this – I don't understand the belief either, though, because you see it happen enough times. You're like, oh, okay, well, then we're not going to – it would be the best – it would probably be the best to bring Lydia to the end, like you just said. Right. It would be, yeah, you, you couldn't fathom someone voting for Lydia at the end against any of the final three. She doesn't beat yeah. Stephanie, she doesn't beat Danny, and she doesn't beat Rafe. I don't think anyone beats Rafe, but she doesn't beat either of the two of them. The other thing is, Rafe giving Danny, I, I just watched Schindler's List for like the thousandth time yesterday. I know, dark, but um, yeah. Rafe pardons Danny. Oh, yeah, yes, we don't we don't, it doesn't matter anymore. And Danny's like, okay. We don't know if she would have done that anyway, but the fact that Rafe is sitting there telling her, oh yeah, we're good. Okay, cool. 
Bye, Rafe. See you later. If I don't get your vote, it's fine because I'm probably going to win. Yeah, that was one. I do think Survivor has changed a lot from even from season 11, like what we've had like 30 some seasons for it to change. But um, it has changed a lot in that I do think it was more emotional then. People did make more emotional decisions. But with that being said, it's like there's a line where it's like an emotional decision and then just like a crazy choice. And I don't know what Rafe was thinking then. But I mean, we had seen throughout the season that he's an emotional player. One of the reasons Danny was able to get in with him is because he felt bad about the way that they were treating the Yasha tribe at Merge. Yeah. Um, what did he call them? He called like his alliance the access of evil. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and so she was great confessional. Or was 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 were whatever. Gave great confessionals. Yeah, and like, so he was an emotional player, um, but I don't know that like she had any choice beyond that, anyways. Though because he was gonna beat her, or she was gonna not get his vote. So like. Yeah. And and he gave her an out, which like kind of saved her in a way too that he couldn't go and be like, she betrayed me because she didn't. You told her she was allowed to like. Yeah, and and first of all, another side note, uh, I'm a big Marvel fan. I watch Agents of Shield. Rafe was a writer on Agents of Shield. I saw his name pop mean? up in the credits, and I'm like Rafe, Rafe, and I went and Wikipedia him. Yeah, he was a writer on Agents of Shield. Um, I think that, and this is going to go into, this is going to segue a little bit into, uh, something I'm going to talk about later, but I look at Danny a lot like how I look at the Sepia from Marquesas, where they're at final tribal council. And if people are still voting along tribal lines, the Sepia and Danny should lose because they are outnumbered tribal lines-wise by a large majority at final tribal. Vesepia wins 4-3, to three, Danny wins 6-1. to one. I think the fact that they were able to swing so many of the opposing tribes' votes to their side proves more than anything else that these people were social, that they were doing something. You can't do nothing and win the game. It, like, I, feel, I feel like that is actually impossible. Now, mm-hmm. if people don't want to love the social game, that's on them, whatever. But I do feel like you can't do nothing and win the game. And the fact that Danny and Vesepia were able to hit merge and be on the bottom and build these bonds with these people where they believe, like everyone else believed it, and sit at the final tribal against someone that should win based off how old Survivor is, where the majority of your old tribe is probably going to vote for you Mm -hmm. and still pull out a win, that more than anything else proves that these people were playing the game. And in Danny's case, that should prove to production and whoever the higher-ups are that love to bury the season that yes our sweetheart didn't win but up to this i'm trying to think of a another 
Colby didn't win Australian Outback, and he was clearly America's sweetheart when that happened. You don't see people bearing Australian Outback. In fact, most people look at Australian Outback as one of the, the best seasons ever. Whatever, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Danny, you know, hid information in her confessionals, and the fact that she did beat America's sweetheart, uh, and the fact that it was portrayed that she wasn't doing, she wasn't out here doing everything. I do think that that has screwed Survivor Guatemala to the point where, like I said earlier, we've only had Stephanie and Danny come back from this season. And I don't even count Stephanie because when she did come back, it was because she was from Palau. She was a hero because of Palau. I personally, uh, let me pull up my list so that, once again, so people know that I'm not like sitting here saying that Danny's the greatest thing that's ever existed. On my winner's rankings, she's 27. So I, I don't think that she's like the greatest thing that's ever happened, but I do understand why she won and I do understand why Stephanie lost. And I'm glad that Carly is here to, as a actual big Danny fan, to say, yeah, Danny won because of all of these things. Now, as we transition to winners at war. Okay. We, we, we get to winners at war. I'm reading the cast and I see, like, Danny Boatwright is one of the first names that pop out. It's like, wow, Danny Boatwright. Cool. They never had anyone back from Guatemala. Let's see how it goes. I thought that she did deserve to be on this. Did deserve to be on the season. I was just interested to see one how she'd be portrayed, portrayed, but two how she would play. And even if she was playing well, maybe they wouldn't portray her that way. Whatever. So, what were your initial thoughts going into Winners at War? How did you think that Danny would do? Um. I think that, like, my perception going into Winners at War was more what I wanted to see happen than what was going to actually happen. And I think I, like, underestimated just how much um, the old school versus new school lines were going to matter. I knew that, obviously, like, Rob and Sandra, like, Parv, like, people weren't going to let them get that far. And, like, I knew that. That was... A no-brainer to me but yeah. in my mind i didn't see a reason why someone like danny or you all are like someone like those two couldn't ethan. get far i feel like ethan. yeah ethan yeah he's the yeah. only other old school person that i was like okay yeah maybe right i didn't see why those three didn't have a shot of getting far uh based on the fact that like one a lot of the newer school people probably didn't watch their seasons ever didn't really know their game so like that gives you some sort of advantage coming in it would it would seem um but those lines did matter and they mattered like very quickly a lot quicker than i imagined they would have um and so i guess i was surprised a little bit by the outcome there um yeah i guess besides natalie and tight oh no not even natalie and Tyson, just natalie Every other pre-merge boot was, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I'm right, but I'm pretty sure every other pre-merge boot besides Natalie Anderson was an old school player. Yeah, I think you yeah. are right. And like, I 
I don't actually still to this day like don't really understand like why that like I get it but I think it's kind of like lame I wish that it would have gone down differently and they could have integrated better but then I also have to think about the fact that like the game is so different and I think that Ethan, Ewell, Danny had a hard time hopping into what Survivor looks like now versus what it looked like 15, 20 years ago, um, where like strategically Parv, Rob, Sandra, even though they didn't last longer, probably did a little bit better, but they've played a lot more recently. Yes, than the they other played new school well. games. Yes. And I think that's why Tyson did so well is because he has yeah. played a school game, yes. They've played new school games and they've been like active pillars in the community moving forward. They still watch regularly, like they still participate in events and like things like that, which means they also have kind of relationships with newer winners as well, where when you look at like it, those other three, um, they don't have that. I don't think any of them really kept up with Survivor they didn't really watch like didn't really understand how fast it moves and like even as a fan like we understand how fast it moves but you don't understand i don't there yeah they're participating and really realizing like wow this moves really quickly and um i'm also not 25 anymore like i'm 45 and suddenly (laughs) trying to like compete with these kids who are like 28 years old like that <laughs> they basically killed ethan on the education so <laughs> right like like that's also like part of it too it's a lot more like physical in that way now um i just think there's like a lot of factors that played into it um and i think like the edit for danny obviously sucked uh like according to her like things happened that weren't shown which is like what what do you like you expect that in a TV show where they have to edit it down for an hour episode, 42 minutes, whatever, a week. Um, I wish we could have got longer episodes for Winners at War, honestly. Me too. Uh, especially with The Edge also taking up a ju- uh, chunk of the episodes. If they had just released almost like a Big Brother thing, not, they don't have to do live feeds, but just like two-hour episodes on CBS All Access, what it was at the time. Like, just do two-hour episodes on CBS All Access, and we'll show you the one-hour episode on actual TV. I think that would have helped a lot of players in the edit, which we don't know how much people actually care about that. But I agree with you. Right. And so I do think, like, the edit, obviously, is part of it. But I also think that, like, all of the other factors come into play of just, like, not being prepared for the new school survivor and then coming in old school being like severely outnumbered by new school and then i think danny just ended up in an impossible situation where like she was going home that round no matter what so like her trying to switch it to parv or like throw parv under the bus did not matter like she was screwed before that long before that like it did not matter i don't think um but she's also portrayed as a joke. The yeah. entire, oh, I don't know, if, if, I think it might be three episodes that she lasted, maybe two. Two or three episodes. She's portrayed as a joke from the get-go. Um, you know, you have you have the scene where, you know, she's she throws Rob's name out there, uh, I think, after that first loss, because they lost the first challenge. She throws Rob's name out there, and Rob does his whole, like, yeah bully shit and it's like hey 
like, if you tell me the truth, we're good. But if you lie to me, then you're going home because, you know, I'm Boston Robin. I've won. I played five times and whatever. And Danny admits to it. And Rob decides, oh, no, we should vote out Natalie. Or well, everyone decides we should vote Natalie instead. Whatever. And then we get my one of my favorite scenes from the pre-merge where it's her, Ethan, and Ben walking. And she brings up an old school alliance. And Ethan says, you, you do know that Ben is not old school, right? And yes, we don't know how much of that was edited together to make her look like a dunce. But let's say we're sitting here and like it, it happened as it is. Mm-hmm. That's not a good look on her part. And if it didn't happen as is, that's not a good look on production's part. Because it almost comes off like production is bitter toward... Because I don't think anyone else gets a moron edit during the season. Except for maybe, I don't know, Adam during that one episode where he you know, where he gets voted out. I don't think anyone else is portrayed as like, you know, a, a dunce or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. during this season. Because it's an all-winter season. And the only person that really gets that is Danny Until she gets to the edge where she's shown as this physical beast along with Natalie and Sophie and Tyson and all these others. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think that that could have been a petty type revenge thing against Danny from way back in Guatemala? Or do you think they just had to pick someone to give this dunce edit to and they decided on Danny? Um... I don't think it's necessarily like a a revenge thing, but I do think it's like a we can make Danny look however we we want her to look because she doesn't have like people casual fans are not familiar with Guatemala at this point. It's been what fifteen years, something like that. So it's yeah. like they're not really familiar. It was a season that they clearly like purposefully have swept under the rug. So it's like we. She was like a blank slate more than most of the other winners. Um, and obviously she made mistakes. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, she played great and this still happened. Like, no, like she was in over her head and like, that is she what was. it is. Um, but when you're in over your head and the options are to like make Danny look kind of bad or to make Harvey Shallow look kind of bad, you're going to make, Danny look back at your CBS Survivor production. Like, that's what you're going to do, and that's what happened. And, like, I can understand that to a degree. As a viewer, like, did it suck to watch as somebody who, like, is a fan of this player and believes that their first win was, like, a very valid, great win? Yes, but, like, I do get it. Um, But I hate that, in turn, that makes fans look back at her original win in question if it was more luck than it was skill. Yes. Um, I, and so I, I agree. And I think that that's, I think that much of the Danny undeserving winner narrative has come from, has happened after winners at war. Yeah. It because wasn't I, as much yeah. before winners at war. Exactly. It was just kind of like Guatemala, you either know it or you don't. But after Winners at War, it's like, who is this Jay Brune? Like, what what is she doing? And for people that don't watch, haven't hadn't watched Guatemala, all they have to do is, uh, like, all they have is based off of this one season. And if she's being portrayed and is playing this way, 
people are going to look at her as an undeserving winner or whatever these people say online. It's, I go on this rant every week. Survivor online community is a cesspool of negative energy. Usually there are people like us and you know, the good ones. And then there's the, there are the ones that will just spout all types of just mess for their own ulterior motives, whatever it is. I and you think that Danny deserved to win her season. We both think that Danny, yes, was in was in over her head in over her head on winners at war, but that shouldn't tarnish her legacy because Boston Rob and Parvati and Sandra and all these other people are getting and Yule are getting Chloe. voted out pre-merge. Well, they're getting voted up premier. I'm talking about people that oh. get voted up premier. Oh, you're talking about winners at war. I'm saying yeah. even just like in general, people have came back and have not and done again, great. And I was like, Tony yes. is a good example. Yeah, even if, yeah, even if we look at all stars and game changers where they're voting out, and, uh, and here's those films where they voting out winners pre-merge. I don't think that that should tarnish a legacy. But as I've mentioned before on the Sophie episode and the Michelle episode. It can definitely, you know, up a player's stock in the eyes of the fan. Of yeah, the it pe- can work yeah. both ways. Yeah. It can, but I think what I'm saying is it should only work when only the player work one way. does it. Like, for editing purposes, though, the yes. show can make it either way. Yes, because as I have mentioned in the last three weeks, Michelle and Sophie, I think more than anyone else on the season, proved the downers wrong by how they played. Sophie was shown in full detail as being a strategic mastermind. Mm -hmm. Michelle was shown in full detail of being a social game player. You know, Mm -hmm. Michelle's playing from the bottom the entire game. And she gets to the end, but it's not because someone dragged her to the end. It's just she was able to build enough bonds to escape all of these boats where she could have gone home. And Sophie gets caught by a better strategic play in that that episode. But up until then, I was fully convinced that Sophie was going to win the season. I was fully convinced that she was going to win the season. Because I wanted her or Jeremy to win, but I don't look at the edit or whatever the fuck. Um, I kind of just look at what I'm being shown and I don't like take notes. I'm like, oh, this person got this many confessionals or whatever. But I was convinced that Sophie was going to win the season because she was she was pl- she was still playing kind of under the radar, but not as much as South Pacific. But she was also being shown as someone that knows what's going on. And she's getting these uh, Machiavellian... Um, confessionals where like yeah i you know she 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 has she knows what's going on so when she went home i think that's when i was like okay yeah tony's gonna win whatever yeah that's when i that i did the same by the way but danny danny didn't get that and i and i think more than anything that's what annoyed me about her on the season whether she was actually being goofy or not that's fine but I felt like in a all-winter season, everyone should have been at least been shown as, even if it's just one confessional or one scene. Oh yeah, 
this is Danny Boatwright. She did this. Now watch her do this. Or this is, you know, such and such. This is what they did then. This is what they're doing now. And I feel like Danny's the only one that, like, got outright screwed in that season as far as what we were shown. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, like, from an editing perspective, they have to create a story that makes sense of why she went out. Um, and at the same time, like you have to create a story for the other players, especially when at the when they're editing, they know that like Parvati goes early, so they have to give her this like, oh, she won this like this battle because you can't put like I love Parv, like she's amazing, like you love I love her, but she is one of the faces of Survivor with Sandra and Rob. In my opinion, I think they're like the three biggest faces of the show. Um, and you can't put her on a season and not give her some like some sort of triumphant win and make her look good somehow. And with the footage that they have of her, I feel like they probably had limited options with how long she was there. And like that's kind of her moment to shine. Um, so I feel like other people's story arcs relied on Danny's story arcs being bad. And like, that's kind of part of it too. I'm sure she messed up. Like, (laughs) never argue that she didn't mess up. Exactly. I'm saying the editing, like, like you said, they didn't give her any sort of like, this is why she won moment. And I think that has a lot to do with like having to make more important uh, others people look others look, yeah okay okay um because guatemala is the forgotten season and danny is not considered like a great a parvity, yeah, a, a parvity or a boston rob or whatever and right yes all right so in summation where do you have if you can, if you can try to be non-biased, because you have stated that Danny is one of your favorites, if not your favorite winner, where would you rank her all-time winners-wise? Just based off of Guatemala, what we saw in Guatemala, like top half, for okay. sure. Um. I don't have an exact percentage. I wish I had like a no, list. No, these top, no, top 20, like top 20 is fine. Yeah. Is that, I mean, I have her in my lower 20, but I have her 20 because I have a list. Uh, I have her 27, but I don't like who's above and below her on this. Um, I have her right below. This is going to annoy people, but I have her right below Chris Doherty from Vanuatu and I have her right above Aris and Panama. I think that Danny is a solid winner. I think that she could win on other seasons of Survivor, like she was cast for another season of Survivor that has happened within the last 20 years. She could have won some of those seasons. Um, And I think that, at least with this episode, I think that it's bogus um, that production and Survivor and CBS has decided to skip over the fact that Guatemala happened and that they haven't brought other people back and that, you know, it it could come off as that they're sour grapes towards Zanny for certain things, whether it's true or not, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. 
so yes, I do agree that Denny Boatwright, a win is a win. She beat America's Sweetheart. So what? She blew her out. Um, Carly, any final, any final thoughts? Um, I guess maybe. I just feel like <laughs> top half. I want to elaborate on why I think she's in like the top fifty percent for me. Um, because I do. This is the point where I think that her being a woman has something to do with it as well. Um. I would make us. I would bring this up, but I know that you'll you'll appreciate it. Um, but what I would say is that, like, if you look back at like other underdog stories throughout Survivor, typically if it's like a male underdog, then you are rooting for them. Which, like, we were rooting for Jenny, but we weren't getting that same like underdog edit, which could be because of her confessionals, which is obviously going to be part of it. Um, but I don't think it's as acknowledged as not as much as like, if you think about like when Ozzy was an underdog and he was like winning challenges and like, he was this ultimate underdog that everybody loved. Like America fell in love with him, loved him. Then you take someone like Danny, who's in the same sort of situation. Her tribe comes in merge underdog. She's the only surviving member. She wins the challenges when she needs to win, gets to the end wins the whole season and doesn't have the same kind of respect. I don't know what else it would could really be at that point because it's not like she wasn't likable. Her personality yeah, is it's not like she cool. wasn't boring either. Like she wasn't boring. She wasn't boring. Yeah. Um and what, something I didn't mention earlier, which I don't know where this fits in. It's just kind of interesting. I think like Guatemala did give us this like why Stephanie lost story arc that was interesting and was foreshadowed throughout the season. Every time Danny and Stephanie went head to head, like pre-merge in those, and like the pre-merge challenges, tribe challenges, they went to head to head a lot and Danny beat her every single time, which was like a very interesting fact when you rewatch the season, like when they were playing that like basketball type game, <laughs> Danny was yeah. just dunking on those other girls. <laughs> like she was head to head with Stephanie the whole time. And they kept showing things like that throughout the season where she was winning, uh, which should have been like some sort of clue to how the end was going to go, even though I don't pick up on it until I do a rewatch. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know. I feel like these are all things that are ignored. I don't know how to explain it, I guess. <laughs> it's it's fine. But I think the, the moral of your story <laughs> If I could sum up all of that is she one, deserves better. Yes. And that you think that she is a top 20 winner. She's in the top half. Looking past facts, she's your favorite. You can also sit there as a non-biased party and say she is one of the top 20 winners that's ever played the game. Right. Danny's game is one of my favorite games. Kim Spradlin is my favorite winner, but Danny's game is one of my favorite games because it shouldn't have been able to happen, and it did. And I don't think that like we recognize that enough, that it doesn't make any sense how she got to the end, except that she did it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so a uh, couple of uh, things before we head out. Uh, this is part four of the series. Now, this is still going to be a it's still going to be a five-part series. And I know I I told you guys last week that this episode 
was going to be based around Vesepia, who I think is the most underrated winner of all time, all that jazz. And we will do a deep dive into Vesepia because she deserves the credit. I've already done my Marquesas episode a couple months ago. Uh, so Vesepia will get her time to shine on this show. But next week is part five. And I feel like, and I touched on this briefly last week, the fact that we have only talked about women on this series so far is very telling as far as how the online survivor community looks at certain winners of the show. So what I want to do next week is look at three male winners and whether I like them or not, give defenses to how Ben, Chris Underwood, and Fabio are deserving of a win. And yes, I, I fully expect, you know, me to catch some backlash for it. It's totally fine. Whatever. But we will do a deep dive into the three of them, and I will sit here and try to prove to you that the three of them are not non-deserving winners and that they did something to help them win in the end. Uh, Carly, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, it you. was a fun time. We almost hit an hour, which is definitely the longest episode of this five-part series. Um <laughs> I hope to have you on again sometime soon or sometime later. Uh, and until then, uh, we'll see 